Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Hattie Savari. Hattie has owned a successful legal practice for almost 10 years, working with some of the best legal minds in the UK. Throughout her career, she's always been disappointed with how hard it can be for people to access clear, free information on legal matters, having seen so many people who simply can't afford the hefty price tag that comes with any legal guidance. Hattie wanted to help break down this legal wall, recognizing that as an industry, the legal space has a reputation for being overpriced, intimidating, and difficult to understand. The legal arena is one we don't feel comfortable in, and this is exactly why she set up Get Legally Speaking, to give everyone, no matter where you live or what you earn, the insight, advice, and support to become their own legal advocate, to be able to make informed decisions in difficult and challenging situations. Hattie is also the host and founder of the podcast Get Legally Speaking, which I was lucky enough to be a guest on. Now, through this podcast, Hattie tackles the legal issues that impact us every day and asks the questions that you want the answers to. From how to get a divorce to property law, knowing your employment rights, consumer laws, and even motoring law. Through her podcast, Hattie tackles the legal issues that impact us every day and asks the questions that you want the answers to, including how to get a divorce. So I'm super excited to welcome Hattie Savari to the show. Welcome, Hattie. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Always a pleasure to chat with you. So for my listeners, tell us about who you are and what you do. Okay, so I am a non-lawyer, but I'm SRA regulated and I own a law firm which operates in the same way as a solicitor's firm does. And we predominantly do family law, divorce, children's matters and litigation. And I also am the uh, founder and host of a podcast called Get Legally Speaking. And we've had um, just over now 550,000 downloads since we launched um, 14 months ago. And the aim of the podcast... amazing. It, it, it is. I, I could never have imagined we, you know, getting there. But the podcast gives free legal conversation by way of a podcast, as we're doing now, to, to listeners. And we do and we have done lots of episodes on divorce and finances in divorce, spousal maintenance, child maintenance, child dispute, children's disputes and a ton of areas that people can get access to. And it's basically myself hosting the podcast and I'm speaking to barristers, practicing barristers, most of which are also part-time judges because you couldn't do both full-time. Um, and it's, it, you know, it just hope, it aims to break down the legal jargon and give people lots of useful information when they're going through uh, a difficult process like a divorce. Amazing. And I have been a guest myself on your show. So they're very lively, interesting, fun debates. And uh, yeah, I mean, awesome. I would 
definitely recommend that my listeners do pop over and listen to Get Legally Speaking because it is packed full of information that can really help you because going through a divorce can be a really intimidating process. You must see this all the time, Hattie. I do. I do see it all the time, as well as having gone through a divorce myself as well, some 16, 17 years ago now. I don't know. I've stopped counting the number of years. Um, and also through my law firm, uh, Red Bar Law, it, it's it's a, probably one of the most distressing times of anyone's life. And I say that as personally it was for me. Um, and it's tough. And, and you, I think you need a combination of assistance um, which is why I think what you do as well, Sarah, is great because there's a massive element of the emotional side dealing with the thought process. Um, and then there's the practical side, which is the physical side of getting a divorce. And then the bigger side uh, to a divorce, which most people are not really aware of, is actually dealing with splitting the assets and liabilities and then child arrangements. And as you know, it goes on and on start I mean there will be people listening to this thinking yeah I'm, I'm heading for the divorce courts I really don't know you know what to do I know that it can be quite intimidating from some of my friends maybe they've heard that because quite frankly it can be because the law is like a different language for us lay people who don't know anything about it so what would your advice be to somebody who is at that point thinking right I need to really work out how to get divorced I mean, I think the first thing to say is if you are not amicable with your partner, with your husband or wife, and, and you know, it, I have seen lots of situations where people have tried really hard to keep things amicable to say, right, this is going to be the division of assets and liabilities. We're happy with the arrangements for the children. And then when it comes to the crust of it, it could be just one really silly thing. And and that could just, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back, as it were, where your relationship then does become very fraught and very tense. I would say seek legal advice from someone that you feel comfortable with. This isn't, you know, solicitors and lawyers. They have there's been a big smokescreen over the legal um, system for all our lives, really. And I opened, I established my law firm uh, almost a decade ago because of my divorce, because of having gone through my divorce and thinking I didn't understand any of that. It cost me 10 times more than what they said it was going to cost me. And it took years uh, why? Why is that the case? Why is there not legal services being delivered in a way where it's fixed fee so people know what it's going to cost before they say yes to every stage of work that, that could be required? Why wasn't it explained to me and broken down to me so that I understood what was going on? I didn't really like the lawyer that dealt with it for me either. But, you know, <laughs> you know so someone yeah you know find someone that you that you get on with that you know even if you have to speak to 10 15 doesn't matter how many solicitors when you're on the phone to that person think do I feel like this person's going to understand me do they click with me because they do become a little bit like your psychologist as well because that it just happens the two yeah, just I mean, go hand in hand end up sharing a lot of personal information with your lawyer because just by the nature of what you're going through and you know if you're in the middle of a court case things are coming up you know if there's handovers with kids things can flare up at different times so you are on you know what I call an emotional roller coaster so your lawyer does sometimes become a very expensive therapist <laughs> which isn't you know they don't always have the tools to 
to, to help necessarily, but they can reassure hopefully. But I think it is important, like you say, to pick somebody that you do really get on with. And I know that in your firm, it's a slightly different offering because you're not actually a practicing solicitor, are you? No, no, I'm not. So even though I'm SRA regulated, I'm not a solicitor. But the way we do things is different because we offer fixed fees. People need to know what is something going to cost before I say, yes, I want to do it. We must be the only industry, the legal sector, gets away with doing the work without someone knowing what on earth it's going to cost. You wouldn't go and get your car serviced and, and not know what it's going to cost. You wouldn't go into a restaurant and not pick the finest dish if you didn't see you know, what it was going to cost. But the legal sector gets away with it and, and has done for years. Um, and we also instruct and work with barristers from the very get-go, because if your matter does end up in court, and not all, not all matters do, or if you need to write a very, very robust letter to your partner to say, look, this is a fair and reasonable division of assets and liabilities, because this is the legal understanding behind it, go away, take some legal advice, let's agree now, rather than spending tens of thousands of pounds to argue it in court, then a barrister, for me, is the best person to be able to write that kind of letter and construct that kind of legal advice. So we do things differently in that way. Most of the time, in my experience, the barrister comes in right at the end. I mean, sometimes they might be reading your file on the way, on the train to court. I mean, usually they, they don't have that. So I suppose... There is an advantage to having them involved earlier on. They really understand your case at that stage, right? Oh, massively. It's really important for me that my clients and the barrister that I choose, and I've worked with over 100 barristers, many more actually for the podcast, but um, it's really important that there is an understand, good understanding and a good relationship there. With It's almost like a triangle, the three of us the client, the barrister and myself, because that's ultimately what's going to help us help the client by understanding them, by guiding them and legally getting it right. You know, we've never lost what we've gone in court to get. And I don't think that's a bad track record for being almost in existence for 10 years. So that in, you have to put the effort into that and the working to get that kind of result. And it's really sad, Sarah, because on the other side of where I sit, I often see lots and lots of law firms who guide their clients down the path which they should have never been guided down. Having not lost what we've gone in for, it means the other side have always lost what they've gone in for or not achieved what they've gone in for. So it's sad. I do think it is a minefield. And I think, you know, your Get Legally Speaking podcast is great because it's really simplifying law, not just in divorce areas, but in all different areas, which I think is much, much needed because... It is intimidating when you're going through a divorce. It's a very stressful time. It's known as the second most traumatic life experience we go through after death of a loved one. So uh, uh, when you're in a heightened emotional state, when you are overwhelmed, upset, sad, maybe hurt, maybe in huge amounts of heartbreak and suffering a lot of pain from what's going on, you've then got to make these crucial, life-changing, life-lasting decisions at a time when really you're quite mentally incapacitated. So actually having someone that can really spell out, you know, and keep you safe during that process, I think is really important. So what are the biggest challenges that you see with people going through a divorce? 
I think one of the biggest challenges has come from people really not understanding what marital assets are. Um, we, you know, have had lots and lots of women coming to us to go through the divorce process, as I didn't say, you know, I was in this position before I established a law firm myself. And they don't, they think that, well, if the man has been the main breadwinner, then it's up to him to say, you can have the house or you can have X amount of money out of the process, out of your assets. And then you get men uh, that come along and they say, I'm not giving her the house. No, no, she can't have that. But what people have to understand is everything is one, no matter whose name it sits in. Doesn't matter if the house is just in your husband's name. Doesn't matter if your wife's inheritance has been put just into her name that's sitting into a, in a bank account. All the marital assets are everything that both parties own together, individually or in both names. And that's one of the biggest challenges because, and it becomes a surprise actually to most people. And also to understand that the divorce process in, in, in by way of saying we are no longer married, we are now legally divorced, is completely separate to the financial divorce. Two separate aspects of it. One is linked to the other. You should never, ever get your divorce, your decree absolute, which is the final part of you are no longer married aspect, unless your finances have been agreed. And even if your process is not in court, still get what's called a consent order drawn up and get the court to seal it. It is only then that this is legally binding. Otherwise, if you've agreed amongst yourselves and you think, yeah, we'll just sign this little bit of paper, just crack on with that. And then one person decides they're not going to keep to the agreement. There's no legally binding document to say otherwise. Right. Okay. Not, well, there's too much. I'm thinking <laughs> of it. There's, there's a lot. So, so you need to get your finances sorted out before you finalise the actual divorce process. What happens if you haven't? What are the disadvantages for that? Some of the biggest disadvantages is you give up your rights to some of the finances in the other person's life. For example, pensions healthcare schemes, these are big things. Also, if you are no longer married and your other half goes on to earn more money, your other half goes on to perhaps win the lottery or, you know, or do something like that, only the finances of when you were married will be considered because you're no longer married if you're still arguing it in five years time. Again, if you don't get your agreement sealed by a court, and you've made an agreement, even with lawyers involved, even if lawyers' letters have gone back and forth and an agreement's been done, but nothing's been sealed by a court by way of a consent order. And then you go on to win the lottery. You go on to have a financially fantastic life, much better than it was when you were married. You're leaving yourself open for your spouse to come and say, oh, we had no financial order that was legally binding. I want more now. I'll have some of that, please. And leave yourself open for an application to be made against you. Well, that is really interesting information. So if someone is listening right now to this and they're thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm in that situation, what should they do? Take legal advice. Take legal advice. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I know that there's some excellent lawyers out there. Of course there is. But not all lawyers advise their clients during a divorce to get a legally binding document by, that reflects their agreement by way of a sealed consent order, because I've seen it. I've seen where they've said, I've seen solicitors on the other side of us say, we don't need a signed consent order. And I say, well, yes, we do. We might not be in court 
having settled this uh, financial agreement. But that is what needs to happen to make sure this is legally binding. You may have seen it in the papers where a lady, um, her name escapes me, but it was some 30 years later, she came back to claim millions from her ex-husband because he had gone on to do very, very well, whereas she hadn't. Their financial agreement was not legally binding at the time, even though both parties had lawyers in place that had all the agreement in open correspondence and they thought it was signed and sealed. Doesn't work like that. That is really good advice. So, yeah, I'm sure people will be taking that on board right now. What other challenges do you see? Because obviously there are so many different areas and pitfalls you can fall into when you're going through a divorce. When the stress is high, you're not thinking straight. What other pitfalls should people be avoiding? I think one of the things that I, I see, again, almost every time, um, is where where parties think that using the children against each other is, is a good way to get back at that person or get angry with that person. And I would just say, don't do it. Because ultimately, it is not your child or children's fault that you two adults consenting adults to have these children are going through the divorce it's unfortunate but it's not their fault and you know you see false allegations and then quickly you see child arrangements orders being issued c100 c1a child you know child abuse child neglect it gets very very ugly very very quickly and let me tell you it's really if it's being done purposely just to get at the other person it really isn't clever and it just needs to be left alone. That you should be trying to shield your children at this time and to try and give them as much comfort and support as possible, not use them against your partner because your partner might have stopped giving you your spousal maintenance or she might not be taking the children on weekends when and you've got the children every weekend and you, you want her to have the children some weekends. And then you know, quickly the children become an issue and CAFCAS and social services are involved. Court proceedings become very stressful, very expensive, very time consuming, very lengthy. Nothing is done very quickly these days because COVID has added such a massive backlog of cases to the courts. So I would just say if any party is, whether consciously or subconsciously, you might not even know that you're going down that road, just stop and take a check. Are the children, do they have access to both parents? in a way that they should, unless, of course, there are genuine issues of abuse. Of course, that's a different subject altogether. Um, or am I being difficult to my partner with the children? And because and ultimately, it will only affect your children. Well said. I mean, I think that using children in a divorce process is you know, incredibly irresponsible as an adult because it's about us learning to manage our own emotions as the adults and that our breakdown in relationship is not to do with the kids. And that's why it's important to keep them separate so that they're not dragged into things. They're not feeling that they're in the middle. Um, and also, you know, there's another side to court, which I think obviously lawyers don't often address. I mean, they certainly never did it with me or many of my clients that I've seen over the years. And that is the emotional strain of going to court. Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. 
Sarah Davison, best known as the Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control, and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. Now we talk about the finances and how much it's going to cost and the time and the paperwork, but actually, you know, please don't underestimate the emotional strain of going to court, the fear of going into a very, I think, old-fashioned, outdated system uh, where you sort of turn up maybe hoping for justice, but actually when you see how it actually works and the way that cases are presented, it is and can be extremely aggressive and antagonistic. Um, and a very unpleasant process to go through if your breakdown of relationship isn't amicable. Have you seen that a lot with what you're dealing with day in, day out with clients? Yes, I have, Sarah, because, you know, let's face it, the courtroom isn't somewhere which we ever really have to turn up to. And we, you know, people don't have experience of it before they get there. It is unpleasant because emotions are highly charged. And as you quite rightly said earlier on, and I completely agree with you, apart from the death of a loved one, a divorce is probably one of the most stressful times of your life. Whether it's done, you know, mutually, i.e. both parties agree that the relationship has come to an end or whether one party is pushing it more than the other. So, yes, the emotional side is huge and it is um, you know, it, it, it's different. And, and I say this again, as somebody who has been there and who has done it. And in a way, you know, I can understand lawyers in the sense that they're not designed to help them. They are not psychologists, counsellors. That's not what they're built to do. And this is why I think at the very beginning of this podcast, I said it's to get through a divorce in the best shape that you can there is a collective of services that if you arm yourself with the best you can, and if one doesn't work, don't, you know, don't feel afraid to say, you know, I hired another divorce coach. It didn't work. I'm going to go to Sarah now because she fits my bill better, but a collective of services and support is what you need. And sometimes that has to come in a professional form because friends and family are brilliant, but they don't always breathe the best common sense into your um, possible situation because they could be, you know, emotionally attached to your partner that you're divorcing or to your children who are, you know, going through a difficult time with you and your partner during the process or your parents who are natural position is to support you over the other person. So, you know, independent uh, support, I think, has a massive, massive value to getting you through the journey, because it is a journey, as cliche and, 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 you know, as that may sound, it is a journey. But I think to get the collective independent support of your emotional support sorted, your legal support sorted, and in anything else that might assist you during that time um, is really vital. 
because you can then get independent support without that person or persons being attached. And you're not going to your lawyers for your emotional support. You're not going to Sarah for legal advice. And the collective package is what does, you know, you will get out the other side. It's about getting out the other side in the best shape that you can. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that comes up a lot when I'm training my coaches in my breakup and divorce coach uh, community that, you know, most of my coaches and obviously myself, we've been through a divorce. So we know what it feels like. So that empathy also is there of, look, we've been through it and we've come out the other side. And I think there's a lot to be said for talking to people who actually have gone through that experience themselves. And obviously you've been through it, which is also you know, the reason for why you do what you do, isn't it? That's what drove you to, to set up this business. It is. It is. When I, as I said earlier, when I went through my divorce, um, you kind of, it was, it was just a whirlwind. And as you said earlier, I didn't understand any of the legal process. I certainly didn't understand the bill that was presented to me, which was £40,000 after three years. And at that time, I didn't have any children. So it wasn't as if we were arguing over the children or what was going to happen there, what was not going to happen. I saw my lawyers a handful of times. I had a handful of um, emails that exchanged, um, you know, between us. And I came out thinking, God, this has to be, to be done better. You know, it has to be fixed. There has to be a more handheld service. You have to, you should explain the process to your client and not become frustrated because they're asking you questions that you, you might roll your eyes around and think, oh, come on, you know, I've got work to do. I've got time to explain this part to you. And you should always have your client's best interests at heart. I didn't feel that was any of that was happening when I was going through the process. And that is what drove me to set up Red Bar Law and what drove me to set up Get Legally Speaking was the lack of jargon-free legal advice that's out there or legal conversation that helps you get the advice that's not in written form. Because you can find everything. Let's face it, so on, on Google, you can find everything on Google all the time. But what about if you just want to listen to something like, uh, you know, how we're recording now and just get a little bite size of information that's just layman's terms, jargon free. And people often think that or have this vision that, oh, only silly people need to hear things that are jargon free. Absolutely not. You go and put me in an industry or talk to me about an industry I don't practice in, I'm not going to have a clue about what that's about. And I won't know anything about it. Where, you know? Absolutely. And then what happens is you don't want to ask a question because you don't want to appear to be stupid. Yeah. And everyone else in the room is talking about it like you should know what a for me is, for example, or, you know, yeah. a final hearing, what that means, or a QC, what that means. You think, well, I should know what that means. I'm not going to ask because I want to feel like an idiot. But then that soon grows that mountain of information you don't understand. It starts to grow and grow and grow before you know it. You don't understand much of what's going on. So I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I was the same, um, you know, just thinking, what is going on? I don't understand this jargon. And it's intimidating, too. I think, you know, some of the law firms are very intimidating in their style. It might be, you know. They might have expensive offices and that can be intimidating. And when you're going through such heartbreak, you're just desperate for someone to shine a light and help you through that uh, and navigate that path. So sometimes we can be over trusting as well, I think, and put our faith in the goodwill of others where maybe, you know, we need to do a bit more digging and research before we sign up to using the people that we're going to go with. Absolutely. I mean, you're feeling incredibly, incredibly vulnerable at that time. And as you say, um, you know, some of my clients are 
senior bankers, CEOs, directors, and then some of my clients have been housewives all their lives where they haven't had that corporate career, but they've had the full-on task of raising a family, which I say is actually harder work than a full-time job because a full-time job ends at a certain time of day, you know, and you get a lunch break and a coffee break and a tea break and you get holiday entitlement. (laughs) Full-time mum, as you probably and I certainly know, you, um, you know, as a mum, there is no break. There's no coffee breaks, tea breaks, holiday entitlement, nothing at all. So it's it really isn't, you know, um, any jargon free talk, any assistance in a specific specialized area like what you do as well, Sarah, as a divorce coach. It's people will not know what you've got to say to them and will not know how your help can help them because it's not something they've been engaged with. This is not something they they do get legally speaking we have, as I said, on Monday, we're about to uh, launch a hundredth episode. And out of 100 episodes, one of the top 10 episodes that is still being listened to is what is a barrister? What do they do? Yeah, what a great question. I mean, I know from personal experience, but it took me a while to really understand the different jobs and the titles. And even in a law firm, you have a partner and then a junior and then an assistant and then a paralegal I mean I mean really there are a lot of things that are confusing so absolutely I mean I can't recommend enough getting across to get legally speaking to listen to some of those episodes if you are going through a divorce just to get that clarity because it really will help so Hattie given the current circumstance we're living in now we're coming in the UK at least to the end of lockdown it's starting to ease have you seen a rise in divorces recently and, and also in domestic abuse, which also has gone through the roof for, for many people? Massively, massively. The official statistics are divorces since March 2020 are up 42%. That is a fact. Yeah, our inquiries at Red Bar Law have, um, I would say, quadrupled um, on a weekly basis, probably from about September, October last year. Um, domestic abuse cases. Well, sorry, you know, I actually housed a domestic abuse victim, a client with her two children for five days because she had nowhere to go. She called the police. She had to run out the house with the clothes on her back with her two children. And this is after years of domestic abuse and violence. Um, But the police couldn't offer her anywhere to go because of the lockdown. Um, And she literally called me from the street. And because she didn't live just coincidentally too far from where I live, she's not somebody that was known to me. Um, She was a a client who was talking about taking action. How does she get out to that situation that was known to me only for a number of weeks? I said, just come to my house, come to my house with your two children. And she stayed for five days. Um, And that was three months ago. So that's an incredibly kind thing to do for someone. Do you know what, Sarah? And I had the police in here for three days all day long, um, helping her with her giving her statements. Um, We applied for an occupation order to get husband out of the house so that the wife and the two kids can return. We had um, emergency alarm systems put in and all sorts of things. And, And, you know, but, you know, this was domestic abuse and domestic violence is up. With the figures are staggering in terms of it, it's it's you know it's it's massive uh, it's on the increase um, only because very simply abuser and victim 
have been confined to the same environment. Um, whereas, let's face it, seven days a week, um, most people could get out and about and not even really be seen much to the person at home. So I have seen a massive increase in domestic abuse and domestic violence issues, as well as divorces. Again, we have got a, lots of very, very good podcasts on how to get help, where to get help as a domestic abuse victim. Um, we've recorded with Refuge, uh, one of the senior managers at Refuge. Again, that's one of our top 10 podcasts that are, are being listened to um, because it's discreet to listen to a podcast to try and see, well, where can I get help and how can I get help? And actually, it's really interesting because when you're on some of these websites where, for example, Refuge, where you're seeking help, where can I get help with domestic abuse? Press any button and the website disappears and it comes out of your history as well. So there's things okay. like that that exist as well that can be really, really helpful. But um, yeah, I mean, it's um, tragic what's happened to the numbers during, you know, because of because of lockdowns that we've been in and out of lockdowns. And I've, I've, as the patron of a domestic abuse charity, the DAS charity myself, I mean, they've had an increase of over 300% calls into their main line wow. for help and support. And, you know, we also offer refuge to families from all over the country because quite often when you leave your home, you don't want to go somewhere close. You want to go somewhere the other side of the country. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just been so sad to see what's happened. And, you know, I suppose the thing is to know that there is help available. You can Google women's aid, domestic abuse or, you know, support in your local area because you do need that and you do need to make sure you're safe. So if that is the situation that anyone listening to right now is, is experiencing, then obviously phone the police first if it's if you think your safety is at risk. But then also do reach out to your local domestic abuse charity. They are going to be busy right now, so you may have to phone a couple of times, but they are there to support um, and they are, you know, there to help you in your community understand what your options are. But yeah, I mean, I've seen so much of that in my own coaching clinic, the increase. And I think now as, as we're sort of coming out of lockdown, I think that the divorce rate quite potentially could increase even more because now people are free to leave and to look for another home and to move out. Are you expecting that? I am. I am actually, Sarah, because, you know, I have actually already, not, not that many, but I have taken calls where people have said, once I can get out of the house and have a proper phone call, can I call you back to instruct your firm? Because, you know, I want to go through a divorce and, you know, I've had some extraordinary conversations only in the last weeks where people are trying to, you know, get access to things like their own passport or their own paperwork and documentation where it's their partner hoards it and doesn't allow them access to be able to start the divorce process or to be able to do anything. Um, so, yes, I am expecting that when, when people return to the new normal, as I call it, that um, divorce rates could, could yet again go up. And I think, you know, the lockdown and how we've had to experience life over the last, um, you know, 13 months or so has made people think as well. And made people think, is this, is, am I happy? Is this what's really making me happy? Is this good for me? Is this the right place for me to be? Is it time to make some life changes? And I think lots of people are asking those questions, um, you know, and, and rightly so, you know, rightly so. It, 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 it's, it's good to check in and to see whether where you are and, and who you have around you and, and the way you're living your life is 
is right for you and is the best thing for you. Um, you know, why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it not be good for you? Absolutely. And I think you're so right with that, because I think the lockdown has given us all a perspective, a different perspective on life, like the small things really matter. And maybe some of the things we felt we couldn't live without. Well, we know we can because we've had to for such a long time. But um, I think it does. That's so true. I thought I couldn't live without acrylic nails. No, I can. No, I can. <laughs> well, I could, but then yesterday when they opened, I was in front of the queue oh, for my. Oh I haven't. I, I'm going to wait for the rush to be over. I'm kind of quite used to myself. My husband looked at me and said, "Are you going to get your roots done anytime soon?" And I said, "Yeah, I will. I will. Just, just lay it back off, all right? Just back off." <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are just reevaluating coming out. So, yeah, I mean, obviously. You know, you can be happy after a breakup. You can turn your life around. And if you're not happy, then, you know, and all the relationship isn't healthy, then maybe it is a chance if you've tried everything to save it to, to move on and not to be afraid of that. Because I think a lot of people stay in relationships that aren't healthy or they aren't happy in just because of fear. And I think, you know, yes, of course, you've got to try to do everything you can to save a relationship, to improve on it, you know, don't just rush out the door as soon as you can and, and move on with the pandemic finishing. I think a lot of my clients at the moment had relationships that could have been saved if they hadn't done irreparable damage during this lockdown. I think, you know, there's been some serious challenges with lockdown, people not being able to, to get out and away from each other. And their relationship really did thrive on that dynamic of having the independence of going out and living their own lives and just coming back together for family time, you know, a couple of times a week, maybe. And now they've had to do that for seven days for a very long time, months and months of it. It's just really done some damage. So, you know, do see if you can repair it, I guess, first. That's important. But if not, please don't be afraid because there is life after divorce, as you found, Hattie, right? No, absolutely. And I think one of the one of the most important things is that counselling is is can be incredibly useful and helpful. So marriage counselling, if you feel that, you know what, the relationship is in a really tough place, it's in a really hard place, I can't see a way out. If two people are trying to work something out and they just they've tried everything they can, I do think that marriage counselling and any form of counselling is a good thing, whether you go individually first and then you can go as a couple. I think trying things like that is could, could be very helpful. Um, I've certainly in the past um, over the years said to a numerous amount of, of couples, you know, where you just where the initial inquiries are coming through from people and you think this person really doesn't want a divorce, but they've just come to a place, they've hit a brick wall and they can't see any more. They can't go any longer. They can't see any further. And I've suggested marriage counselling. And I have to say a few of the couples have tried it and worked it out. We've been in the middle of divorce processes where we've been in and out of court, but the divorce hasn't been finalised and couples have got back together because, you know, it has worked out. But equally, there is definitely life after divorce. And I think that, you know, as human nature is that we don't really like change. We don't like to have to change our environment and what we do and and our routines we might hate them but for some reason we don't like change I mean we're all guilty of it at some point in life um and I've always said that living one happy day is you know worth so much more than living a hundred unhappy days I love that yeah absolutely so 
that brings me nicely onto my last question, which I asked all my guests. So because my podcast is Heartbreak Happiness, I think it's really important to know what happiness is for you so that you can find it when you get there. So what is happiness for you, Hattie? Work. (laughs) (laughs) I love working. So, you know, I love working because I love trying to make a difference, a positive difference. Um, And that's that's what I love. I love seeing the end results. I love seeing the end results that are what people wanted to try and get. Um, I absolutely love recording Get Legally Speaking because I just think of all the ears that could be listening to it and just taking just some free, jargon-free stuff that might be able to help them about an industry, as, as you said earlier, which is just way over most people's heads. I talk about lots of topics on Get Legally Speaking. Had we had not researched before I speak about them, I wouldn't have a clue about them myself. And I'm in the legal industry every day of my life. So yeah, work makes me happy because I just feel it's really, really rewarding. Of course, I'd feel like I'd seem like a bad mum if I didn't say my children. So most days, yes, <laughs> having a 14-year-old and an almost four-year-old, most days during school term, they make me happy. <laughs> and my husband, who's a fantastic support. I would never, ever leave him out of that. He's a great support, again, on a good day. Oh well thank you I mean you certainly are making a positive difference to so many people with the work that you do and it's just been an absolute joy to have you as a guest thank you so much Hattie for joining me thank you Sarah thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it very welcome that's it for today's episode be sure to head on over to get legally speaking podcast and get listening to some episodes to find out all that information that Hattie's been telling us about and I look forward to you joining me on our next episode that's it for today's episode of heartbreak to happiness Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to Sarah's virtual Heartbreak to Happiness retreat. This is a transformative combination of live webinars with Sarah herself, coupled with her empowering online video program designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sarah's gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness. Happiness.